friends and welcome back to the show. This is Coach Man. In this week's episode, we'll see why we really should watch Juventus versus, uh, versus Barcelona and who else can qualify in the next round of the Champions League. Last time around, Ronaldo has tested positive for COVID and we didn't get to see him play against Barcelona. A uh, game that ended in uh, the favor of the Catalans, winning a fairly easy game by 2 to nothing. Both Messi and Ronaldo have been rested for a couple of games and there's a lot of pressure on the coaches to win this game, even though both teams are going through the next round. It's more of who has the bragging rights in between Ronaldo and Messi and what a rivalry has it been. I honestly don't think there's been anything like this and there'll probably never be one just like this. I mean, think about it. They have 11 Ballon d'Ors in between the two. This is absolutely nuts. This coming off the unfortunate passing of Maradona, now more than ever, we should be grateful for the football players that we get to see. And we should be grateful for both of these giants because this just might be one of a, one once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where you get to see these two players dominate the world of football for so many years. In terms of results, Barcelona's coming off a loss, a loss, excuse me, at Cadiz on Saturday, and they are 12 points behind the leaders, Atletico Madrid. But on the other hand, they have been playing really well in the Champions League this season. Juve on the other side. Needless to say, they are struggling at the moment. Pirlo still has a lot of work to do and his lack of experience and not having enough depth to the team doesn't really help. I believe that uh, Juve will have a very difficult season even though they won the last nine Serie A titles in a row. This season might be the one where they stumble by the looks of it. They, they really struggled against Ferencvaros last time around in the Champions League. And on Saturday, they looked clueless on how to get the goal when finally Bonucci decided to just make a run and, and score a late-minute header that got him all the three points. In a Barcelona camp, I predict another Griezmann start in a lineup with Ansu Fati and Dembele still unavailable. While the Bianconeri will probably start with... Uh, Morata and Ronaldo up front, keeping Dybala on the bench once more. With so many things going the wrong way this year, we could really use a great great game in between Messi and Ronaldo. And we deserve it. Literally, just saw footage with Ronaldo being greeted with some fans uh, saying the iconic see <laughs> outside his hotel. And even Barcelona's own social media was buzzing and getting uh, getting the fans hyped up by posting a picture of Ronaldo and Messi side by side. Of course, Barcelona publishing that pic, mind you, they made sure that there was a mirror behind Messi with the word GOAT uh, written down. And of course, Ronaldo had his own mirror, but there was nothing written there, <laughs> obviously. Uh, I will give Barcelona the props because they the, the way they treat their former legends and players is much more different than Real Madrid. Real Madrid seems to be avoiding posting things about Ronaldo at all costs. When he scored the 100th goal, for example, for Portugal, he got congratulated by a ton of clubs, a ton of players, but not Real Madrid. Real Madrid didn't make any post about him. When he scored his 70, uh, 750th goal, he was congratulated again by all his former teams, teammates, so on and so forth, with the exception of Real Madrid, the club. Like, 
players, former players and actual players of Madrid have uh, come out and congratulated Ronaldo, but not Madrid, the official page. It's just embarrassing and this needs to be called out. This is not the way you treat a legend. A player that many believe is the greatest of all time. A player that owns pretty much, I think, 90% of Real Madrid's records. If Messi left Barcelona during the last transfer window, I truly believe that Barcelona would have still mentioned him, congratulated him, and welcomed him at the stadium every chance they get. But don't get me wrong, this doesn't come as a surprise. I mean, look at the cold send-off that Raul, if you guys remember Raul Gonzalez, the guy that used to dominate the Champions League before Ronaldo, and Casillas, one of the best goalkeepers ever, two absolute legends for the club, uh, they got a really cold send-off. Whenever they didn't need him, they just sent Raul to uh, Schalke, I believe, and they sent Casillas uh, away like it was absolutely nothing. It is inadmissible, and I don't really know who was responsible, but something uh, something just tells me that Florentino Perez might be the one responsible for the Ronaldo dismissal in Madrid. Um Early reports when Ronaldo left, they they were journalists were saying that Madrid actually unfollowed Ronaldo on social media. That's petty. That's really petty. And it's no secret that Florentino Perez and Ronaldo didn't see eye to eye for the longest time ever. So there's no coincidence that the same year Ronaldo uh, goes to Juventus, then the same year Modric wins the Ballon d'Or, undeservedly so. And Salah got the Pushkash Award the same year when Ronaldo was the top scorer in the Champions League and he scored that beautiful bicycle kick against Juventus that defied the laws of physics. But the award went to Salah. Y'all remember that? What a travesty that was. Many fo football fans don't like the sport getting all political, but sometimes it just does. And this brings me to what happened this past weekend at Millwall. When the players took a knee before the game, fans started to boo the gesture. It had happened before uh, here in the United States as well. It's a very controversial gesture. The The British media went berserk uh, asking for Millwall fans to get suspended and uh, even to, get to, to uh, remove their right to have the fans in the stands. Meanwhile, a government official in Millwall has condemned the, fan, the fans from booing, but at the same time he said he would be uncomfortable with some actions to be taken against the supporters. Huh? Like, I'm, I'm a little bit confused here, but as you can see, <laughs> it's a give-and-take situation in the eye of Millwall political figures, I guess. Currently, in the United States, where the Marxist movement started, Players don't take a knee anymore, and while the knee does indeed raise awareness, I can tell you that it did absolutely nothing for the people that it represents. We did not pass any laws, any written le legislature, anything at all since the George Floyd protest, a part of which got really sidetracked into something else. Of course, some cities such as LA, Phoenix, Houston, and New York chose to defund the police, but I don't see how that helps against racism in particular. Later, some of these woke leaders said that the police needs more training and more education. So basically, after defunding the police, they said, basically, let's just fund the police back again. Since that incident, there were other similars like it. The crime rate in Chicago is reaching an all-time high with dozens of people getting shot every weekend. But the authorities and the media 
quickly change the focus on something else and the people blindly follow. One thing that was done to combat inequality before the George Floyd protests was done back in 2017 when opportunity zones were created, which resulted in economic development, tax incentives to encourage investment in low-income communities, and the price of the land would go up as well. But enough politics for today, and let's go back to the Champions League. In Group E, everything is uh, played for. Like expected, Chelsea and Sevilla go through to the next round. In Group F, we have an interesting situation. Borussia leads the group with 10 points. Lazio one point behind with 9, and Club Bruges sitting on 7 points. Lazio plays Bruges, and they need to get at least a draw. If Bruges can, can get the W in this game, they would go through. It would be a tough game where Bruges has to come out guns blazing because they have nothing to lose. Meanwhile, Borussia Dortmund will play Z uh, Zenit, who have accumulated only one point so far. In Group H, we have the most interesting situation by far, at least in my opinion. We have three teams with nine points each. We have Manchester United, PSG, and Leipzig. If United can get a draw against Leipzig, that would make them advance to the next round. The only kicker is that Cavani and Martial has, have both been declared injured and unavailable for the game. Let's not forget that Leipzig has lost to United last time around 5 to nothing, but they also beat PSG 2-1, a very inconsistent team that can have a good night or a bad night. Uh, depends on uh, which side of the pillow they sleep, I guess. In the case of a draw and PSG losing, losing their game against Istanbul Başak Kehir, um, which surprised United in the first encounter, that will send PSG home. And there are a multitude of possibilities in this group where one of the two favorites might have to settle for a Europa League spot. On Wednesday, Bayern is already qualified, of course, and uh, they, play, uh, they play Lokomotiv. But on the other side, Atletico Madrid have to make sure that no surprises happen against Salzburg. Salzburg can still go through if they get all three points. So mathematically, there's still a chance there. In Group B, Borussia Mönchengladbach leads with eight points. Then Shakhtar with seven points, followed by Madrid only in third place with seven points also. So in this case, and an equal amount of points in between Shakhtar and uh, Real Madrid, uh, the team that will go through is the team that were better in the direct confrontation, which in this situation is Shakhtar that beat Real Madrid twice. And the goal difference is, is the next, the next uh, qualifying step. So in a case of a draw, I, I mean in a case of an equal amount of points, Real Madrid would not go through. They will have to uh, face the surprising, the surprising leaders of the group, Mönchengladbach, while Inter plays against Shakhtar. The only way, the only guaranteed way that Madrid can go to the next round is by winning against the German team. They could still be saved in the event of a draw only if Inter beats uh, Shakhtar. A third outcome is that Borussia, from leaders, could be eliminated. If they lose against Madrid and Shakhtar wins against Inter, that will be a total disaster for the Germans. In Group C, Manchester City and Porto will go through, no surprises here. And finally, in Group D, with Liverpool already qualified, 
Atalanta and Ajax will get the chance to fight for a spot in the last 16. And uh, man, what a game this this turns out to be. I mean, I'm 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 really expecting a, a, a ridiculously good game out of these two teams. The only way that Ajax can win is is uh, the only way that Ajax can go through is by winning against the Italians. And keep in mind that the last fixture uh, that was played against these two ended up in a draw. And if that will be the case, Ajax will have to settle for a place in the Europa League. Um, let's not forget also the last time Ajax uh, Ajax went through the group stage. Uh, advanced to the round of 16 and had to face Juventus and the, they eliminated Juventus which was a terrible blow uh, Massimiliano Allegri was removed from Juventus and uh, then Pirlo was brought about so a lot a lot of, to look uh, forward to on Tuesday and Wednesday and then we'll do another show with the results that is all I have for you today thank you very much for listening follow us on social media we'll catch you on the next one